And with the playing of our jaunty little theme, uh, hello and welcome everyone to the Alex Bennett Program. Uh, this is our daytime edition. Uh, we call it daytime uh, just because we, we stayed up all night trying to figure out a title and that's the best one we came up with. Anyway, it's the daytime. It is, uh, it's raining in New York. It almost uh, looks, uh, it's very grim outside. It's, uh, a, uh, it's a terrible day out there. And uh, girlfriend's at work, and uh, she has to come home through all that mess, and I don't feel sorry for her in the least. No, I do. I feel very sorry for her in the least. She, I didn't, why did I say I didn't feel sorry for her? Well, what is that with me? What's happening to me? I'm going slightly nuts. That's what's happening. Anyway, uh, how are you? Let me turn on the uh, let me turn on the uh, the uh, uh, the Skype line because that's important uh, that we uh, we open up the Skype line for you uh, so that you can call us. We we use Skype. Skype is a uh, you go to Skype.com. You'll find out all about it. You download the program. You install. It's very simple. Answer four questions. Boom, you're good to go. Then you come to us and you go, uh, contacts, add contact, put down Gabnet Live, G-A-B-N-E-T-L-I-V-E. And then we'll say, uh, do you want to ask permission of the, for the, from the person to contact? And uh, you say uh, yes, and then we will approve you. And that way you can be part of the citizens panel. You could call us without doing that, but we won't answer. Because the problem is that we want uh, the ability to um, put you on a citizen's panel. And so that's very important. Well, let's see if we can get any callers today. You know, this has been a highly experimental program, uh, this show. Uh, we do a show every night at, uh, at, uh, at uh, what do you call it, uh, 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 10 o'clock at night. Uh, and uh, the 10 o'clock at night program seems to work out okay and seems to work nicely. Uh, but we... Uh, uh, decided that we wanted to see how things would go if we did a show this time of the day. Now, we used to do a show at like 11 o'clock in the morning. Uh, in the beginning, it was 10 o'clock in the morning. Then, I don't know, uh, Albert wanted to change his time. And that was the, that was the story. That was what happened with us. Hey, good morning, Scott. How are you? Or good. Well, actually, we, where are you again, Scott? You're in Plano, Texas. Plano, Texas. Let me turn my camera on. So here. it would be, let's see. Uh, it'd be 11 o'clock out there? Yes, sir. See? I've got my time zones down. I'm very good <laughs> at time zones. Uh, anyway, we used to do, I was saying, we used to do the show at uh, like uh, 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock in the morning. It was very successful at that time. A lot of callers. Well, not a lot of callers, but a lot of listeners. Uh, so we went to night times where we actually got a lot more callers, but a lot less listeners to the live broadcast. So uh, anyway, we're on it uh, one, and this is like an experiment. And see how easily Scott called yesterday. It was his first time ever using his uh, his uh, using Skype, and now you see how easy it is, right? Yeah, I, I actually tried to pu- I pushed the uh, Skype button on your cabinet thing, and it, it worked it, great. Yeah, yeah, there Rather is than I mean, calling the previous number or something whatever you told me about. Or yeah, there mentioned is, before there is a uh, people go to gabnet.net. Uh, they will find a um, um, little thing with an S, and then it says call, and you click on that. And if you've got your uh, Skype already going, all right, mm-hmm. and then yes. you just click on that, you saw how easy it was. It just it calls the number. So, you know. 
Yeah. Uh, also, I, yeah. I think the next experiment I'm going to try to do is completely shut down Skype and then try to restart it because I didn't take it off. Or I didn't take it, uh, you know, oh, exit it. Oh, don't worry. Don't night. worry. I mean, you just turn it. What kind of machine do you have? Mac? You said? The, the Mac Pro, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you just turn it off and turn it back on again. You're fine. You know, you're okay. good to go. And uh, also, if people want to call us, we have a phone number and they can be on the citizens panel 347 352. Uh, zero zero seven nine. But Cat, good morning. Hello, Cat. Afternoon, Alex. Yeah, well, good afternoon, actually. Well, actually, Hello, Scott. You know, well, no, it's morning. Yeah. It's yeah. morning for you where you are, Cat. You're in California. It's a uh, ten. It's ten, 10 a.m. Ten in the morning. Now. Right. So I we have three time zones represented so far. Uh, All right. Be nice if we had a fourth uh, one represented. But anyway, um, uh, uh, it uh, uh, that's my bottle of. Uh, Frappuccino, which I do. Oh, wait a minute. I don't have my camera on, do I? Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not seeing you. And I didn't know if I was doing something wrong. There we go. Can you see me now? There you go. You should spinning see. up. There you go. Huh? You see me? I see you. Yeah, okay. Well. There it goes. What I don't understand about Skype is my camera is a wide camera, right? But the minute that I go on, um, uh, uh, go on to Skype, it gets go square. So I, I I don't understand what that's all about. Why can't they give us widescreen on Skype? I guess because they want to fit all these people in in the same place. Hello, Mark. Well, I was going to say another time zone. I realize we're both in the same time zone. Yeah, we, we still what? What don't we have? Yeah. Our, if somebody called from Chicago or something. We'd be we'd be fine. Uh, you know, Utah. Y- Utah. Yeah, somebody should yeah, call yeah. from Utah. Oh. Someone in the mountain. I'm sure. Oh, well, mountain mountain is what we're missing. Yeah, mountains. What we're missing. So, if there's anybody in Utah, yeah, no Mormon would want to hear this show. Not, how you doing there uh, this morning, Mark? Good, good. Uh, had a little work this morning, yeah. so. But it's um, for Florida right now, where I am. It's kind of cold down here. Really? Well, we're drippy, rainy, drip, drip, drippy, rainy. Yeah, it's cloudy and it's in uh, the low sixties, which for here. You know, yeah, your guys are going F you, Mark. But for here, my yeah. God, it's true. Your man, blood man. does thin. Well, uh, you know, I mean, you, you moved to Florida for the for the for the uh, for the weather, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I would rather take the deep snows of Revelstoke, British Columbia, in the depth of winter. Uh, with uh, with moose attacking my uh, home, okay, then live in Florida, okay. How does that how does that make you feel? You know, I hate Florida. Yeah, I know. Okay, well, you, you only experienced one part of it, but uh, boy, that's enough to really get you changed. I had a, uh, I had a lousy experience. I mean, it was horrendous. Okay, it included among other things being harassed by the police because yeah. of something they that they were told I said on the air but I didn't say and they stopped my car and they had police dogs I mean they were doing everything they could to terrorize me welcome to Miami fuck them you uh, would never say anything controversial would you Alex no I don't think so no I'm just okay. I, lo- I love every, everybody doesn't seem like you yeah I love everybody and everything cat um. So anyway, um, uh, so Jim, right? Were you on Jim's show at all last night, Mark? 
Yeah. Yeah. And and were you cat at all? No, you were working. No, I was at work. Because he wrote me a note and said, I apologize to the network. This is the worst show I've ever done. <laughs> now, what was wrong with it? I heard about the first half hour and it sounded fine. I heard it. I heard the the moose poop. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always enjoyed the moose poop. Jim beats himself up. Between he and Miranda. Miranda's the other one that beats themselves up. In fact, between Miranda... Oh, that's one show I don't listen to. You know, we all beat ourselves up. This should be called the We Beat Ourselves Up Network. But anyway, I couldn't imagine... You know, I'm li- I listened last night for like the first half hour, and then I uh, went in the other room and kind of like watched one of my my shows and i'm also sleeping in the guest room now uh not because my wife hates me but because i i snore according to her and and i keep waking her up and she hasn't banished me there she wishes i would sleep with her but she wants me to wear these breathe breathe right strips and they don't work you know they just flare your nostrils so you look uh, uh, uh mad all the time uh, but, uh, and, and, and so I went to the other room side, so but the first half hour I heard, I'm sitting here doing what I usually do. I'm going, gee, I wish I were as good as Jim, you know? I mean, he was, he's he brilliant stuff, you know, just brilliant. And, and, uh, so I don't know what went on that made, did anything go on that would have made him feel that way, Mark? I, I, I know not that I know of, yeah. but then again, you know. I called after. Yeah. You, you know, and uh, that was a nice conversation we had. It went on, went on even longer than because we were having such a good time. Oh, you mean after the show? Well, no, no, no. I mean, for the show, when yeah. we opened the phone lines, Yeah, we were just having a great old time, just joking around. Yeah. You know? uh, How many other people were there? Was it just you or... There were a few of us. I mean, that was that was that was nice. I mean, we had, there what, was what, a, what, what was he complaining about? Yeah, I think you said it best, Alex. Uh, we're all, everyone. I'm my own worst. You know, even with my own work. Yeah, uh, we're our own worst enemies. We're, we're our own worst critics. Yeah, you know. Uh, I mean, I uh, I just think everything I do is terrible. I I just can't imagine. Um, why any? You know, it, it, it's it's an interesting story that I heard once. Bing Crosby, who uh, maybe to many listening to us now, do you, Kat, do you know who I'm talking about when I say Bing Crosby? I think I've heard of him before. See, somewhere. We're, 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 I'm at that age now <laughs> where certain people that I talk to who are in there, you're you're what late twenties, uh, just a little bit older. Than that. I do know who it is. I was actually looking at him um, on IMDb this morning. Because I was listening to Jim's replay. Oh, really? Okay. Well, but, uh, yeah, I know who he is. Well, anyway, uh, 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 Bing uh, Bing Crosby, or or as my father used to call him, Bart Frisbee. Uh, <laughs> uh, Bing Crosby was maybe, I guess, the most popular performer in the world. I mean, in the United States, at least. He had I think a, him and Jolson. Well, yeah, but there was something even more. Jolson wasn't likable. Crosby was eminently likable. People just loved Crosby. There was a casualness about him. He sang well. Uh, he was he was just a, 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 the consummate performer. And um, there's a documentary on him that they ran on PBS that I missed, and I can't find it anywhere. Um, 
which I would love to see, in which they bring out this thing about Crosby, that he, in his lifetime, was probably the most beloved person in America. Okay? Can you imagine, at the time, Al Whiteman, you had Bing... Armstrong and Big Spider back in the same, you know, that that must have been interesting. Paul Whiteman. Paul Whiteman, yeah. Which, by the way, that's passing reefers around. That must have been real interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, Paul Whiteman's (laughs) orchestra is where Bing Crosby started with the Rhythm Boys. Yep. uh, With uh, Al Rinker and Harry Barris. How do I know these things, and yet I can't remember the name of, like, you know, some senator or something? Why is it I... you grew up in a musical household. Your dad. Oh, I, and I went to school with uh, with with uh, 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 Al Rinker's daughter. That uh, helps. They moved to Marin County, but they started out as the Rhythm Boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, wait a minute, maybe I can find something by the Rhythm Boys here. Hold on a second. There. Uh, well, I know the one I want. My favorite song of all time. Uh, let me see here. Uh, I, I go to music. Go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. There we go. Here we go. Paul Reitman and the Rhythm Boys. Uh, this is. Uh, you're going to have to be a little on the quiet side uh, because um, uh, you're you're coming through on the same thing that the music's going to come through on. So, but this is this this is uh, Al Rinker, Harry Barris, and a guy by the name of Bart Frisbee. Pink Crosby, the Rhythm Boys. I love this song. Now, um, since we're commenting on it, I think I don't have any trouble with uh, playing it, at least for a little bit. Came from a movie called King of Jazz, 1930. How do I know that? (laughs) You know that they're finally restoring that movie, so we can... You can finally buy a good copy. It was done in two color Technicolor. I know it's being restored. Okay, here. Oh, not yet. They're not going to sing yet. Uh, Jim told me to tell you American Experience on PBS. Yeah, I know, but I can't find it. It's not playing anywhere. They post later. Uh, oh, a post later? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Here, here are the Happiness Boys, the Rhythm Boys, rather. Come on. Anyway, I keep thinking of the Happiness Boys, who were uh, O'Hare and Ware, I think were their names. Uh, Here we go. Listen for Crosby. Happy feet. I've got those happy feet. Give them a low-down beat, and they begin dancing. I've got those ten little tapping toes, and when they hear a tune, I can't control. Dancing here, save the soul. Great stuff. To ever go weary. I keep cheerful on an earful of music sweet. Cause I've got those half happy Anyway, that's uh it's happy feet, and that's that's Bing Crosby. That's where Bing Crosby started with uh, 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 Paul Whiteman. You say Paul did the reefer? <laughs> oh wait, I gotta turn you up. Yeah, what? Apparently it's been inferred. But uh, he must have been a, one, one hell of a world back then. <laughs> yeah, well, Paul Whiteman is also the guy who debuted at, uh, I think, at Carnegie Hall. 
uh, uh, George Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue. No, it was another. Wasn't there? It was another place. Another the famous place? nineteen. What was it? Nineteen twenty-four. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But which, it was. It uh, was Whiteman. It was know. Whiteman who commissioned, and Gershwin, I think, did not want to do it, but he did it. Yeah. And um, the only thing I will tell you, without boring the hell out of everyone, is that the original arrangement was for something much was a small jazz ensemble. Not, you Not know, the big. Later the, on, it was transcribed into a much bigger. In other words, the original when when Whiteman first did it, it was with it was a small very orchestra. small, and it had uh, banjos playing in it. Well, banjos always were a major component. Yep. Uh, also of, of of music in those days, and if you're going to read, if you're going to do music for that from that time period, oh, no matter what kind of thing you're playing, you want a banjo in there. You know what you also want? And the last guy I know to really use it to any effectiveness was Billy May, uh, is the tuba. Now, you can't imagine the tuba as being any great instrument, but you add that to the sound of, of say, a Sinatra um, um, uh, background, and it gives a really low end that, that's just very dramatic. But anyway, where was I? I was Bing Crosby, the most popular guy in the whole world. Okay, or in the United States at least. And um, he was quoted as saying once, see, this is how we're all coming back to where we began 15 minutes ago. I can't understand why anybody wants to listen to me. Hmm. Now, this is, this is the most popular performer in the United States, and he doesn't think there's any reason why anybody should want to hear him. So, you know... Um, that's that's if you're in show business that, that that's what you're dealing with. You're dealing with a lot of very insecure people, and the only people who aren't insecure are the agents and the managers who don't understand why these people are so damn insecure and treat them like they're babies. But that's part of the creative process. Am I right or am I wrong? You're right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, Mark's creative, and and he knows. You know, you just don't. Uh, uh, don't uh, uh, give up on it. Uh, you got to you got to fight through that that fear. But I can't figure out why uh, um, I, you know anybody would want to even even listen to me. But apparently, uh, uh, I do okay every time I do something. So you know, and everybody wants to hear about my bad stomach and my uh, uh, my agita and my uh, uh, internet breaking down and all all of that. You know. Things that I eventually come to terms with, but uh, uh, I, I don't know why. See, just like Bing Crosby or Bart Frisbee. Uh, so, anyway, has anybody read, read the torture report yet? I started to read the torture report. Did you hear about this? The, the, see, Scott, uh, you were going to say something, Scott? No, no, no. I, I said I heard about it, but I haven't read it yet. It was they were just going to review it on the Sirius Radio that I was listening to before this. And yeah, had yeah. shut it off. Yeah, well, they'll just read what I'm going to read. Uh, it, it um, um, you know, I mean, it, uh, is is anybody amazed by it? The only thing is, it kind of gets the Bush administration off the hook because, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Because it says that the CIA did these covert operations that even the Bush administration wasn't aware of. 
except for Cheney. Except for Cheney. They would do things. I've just read the first part of it, so I haven't read the whole thing. They would do things as part of their, their torture, and it wasn't meant to be torture as much as humiliation. They would feed and hydrate the the uh, victims, I'm going to say, but the uh, the detainees, rectally. Cool. In other words, they would shove food up your ass and shove water up your ass. And it's not that you couldn't take it down your mouth, right? But they wanted to humiliate them and give the force them into feeling a sense of control that they had. So they would just stick a, I don't know, uh, tube up their ass and feed them food and feed them water. That fun, huh? Uh, let me see here. Um, detainees were deprived of sleep for as long as a week and were sometimes told they were going to be killed while in American custody. With the approval of the CIA's medical staff, some of the CIA prisoners were subjected to medically unnecessary rectal feeding or rectal hydration a technique that the CIA chief of interrogations described. Do you realize there's a chief of interrogations? I would love to see this guy. He's probably like something out of a Bond movie. Um, uh, it, but it, it described it as a way to exert total control over the detainee. CIA medical staff members described the waterboarding of Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, the chief planner of the September 11th attacks, as a series of near drownings. I would imagine after a while, they did 78 of them, I think, and he, I, he must have gotten used to them after a while. During his administration, President George W. Bush repeatedly said that the detention and interrogation program, which President Obama dismantled when he succeeded him, was humane and legal. The intelligence gleaned from the uh, uh, interrogations, he said, was uh, instrumental in both thwarting terrorism plots and in capturing senior fi- figures in al-Qaeda. I want to know, you know, they always say that. They say, we've thwarted uh, plots by the information that we glean from this torture. Give me some examples. Don't just say we got some and I'm supposed to sit here and believe you. That was part of the problem. That speech that W gave after 9-11. Yeah. And it was so obtuse with not, with not real answers hyperwar you know it was like we're fucked i just knew that it's like you, you know i i just knew that something's not right here what's going on all i could think of when we first got hit by 911 was uh the uh, uh what do you call it? revolutionary sol- not the revolutionary soldiers but the british soldiers who would go and fight the indians and the Indians would hide behind trees and shoot arrows at them. And they considered where the British would just march in a straight line through the forest, you know, in a, in a, in a flank. And uh, they, considered, they couldn't understand why the Indians did this. It was so uncivilized to be behind a tree and shoot an arrow. Um, and all I could think of was that's what we were going through. That we were that flank, and and uh, basically the terrorists who hit this country were the ones sitting, standing behind the tree, and we we did not know how to deal with it, and I think to this day we don't know how to deal with it. It's kind of uh, how do you uh, uh, how do you fight something like that? Um, 
that that when you've got a big army and all you know is how to fight with armies. So, in in any event, I think uh, uh, I think what Bush did was terrible, and I think to get him off the hook on this deal. I mean, uh, to say that well, they weren't informed by the CIA of all the things the CIA was doing. But it's kind of like, uh, again, I go back to a, a, a play, a movie, Richard Burton and Peter O'Toole, and uh, what was the one about the Pope? Or about, the, oh, I'm trying to remember the the, the movie. But basically, uh, uh, O'Toole tells it, it doesn't tell his people to kill Richard Burton, but he complains on how horrible he is and that if something happened to him, he wouldn't mind. And I kind of feel that's the way in which the administration dealt with it. I mean, you're the administration. You have to have control over everything. And if you don't, you're doing a bad job. But, you know, uh, I have a feeling that what they were doing was saying to the CIA, we don't want to know, you know, how you got the, uh, how you killed the cow. Just give me the meat. Uh, and, and I think that was probably what, what was going on there. And to get them off the hook. No, you can't get them off the hook. He was in power at the time, and he should have been a good administrator. Anybody have a comment here? Scott? Uh, well, yeah, I, I, I think he was kind of like Reagan in that aspect. He didn't know really what was going on. He didn't really, you know, maybe he didn't comprehend it. Maybe, maybe he's just fooling us, too. Well, maybe he know? didn't want to know. Yeah, yeah, and, but yeah. I'm... I'm I'm positive Cheney knew everything that was going on. He he knew it. He might not have told Bush, but you know that was that was between them. Cheney was over there at the CIA every other day. Yeah, you know, micromanaging. Well, so. he even bragged about how he knew they were waterborne, but I never heard of this re- renal feeding or whatever. Oh, that just <laughs> sounds horrible. Well, but, I mean, at my age, I don't know if it's a bad idea. I'd like to just lie in bed and not have to even eat dinner, just have it shoved up my ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, once you get once you get the tube in there, that it's it's no real problem. You know, it, uh, uh, maybe it's uncomfortable getting the tube up there, but what they said was the reason they were doing was for the for the the the, the uh, person at the, the prisoner to feel that they had complete control over him. In other words, we can feed you when we want to. We can give you water when we want to. You know. So there's there's no point in trying to do a hunger strike or anything like that because we, we, we can super circumvent that. Oh, well, the, for a hunger strike, they did the worst thing. They shoved a tube down their throats and fed them. Okay? I didn't know they could shove the tube up their ass. I would much rather have a tube shoved up my ass than down my throat. <laughs> How about you, Cat? Cat? Hmm. I have no comment. <laughs> uh, might might be a new way to open up a restaurant. I'm I'm thinking maybe, you know, have a seat. Uh <laughs> sit on this. <laughs> oh man. There's something wrong with you, Alex. It really is. What? what? There's something <laughs> There's wrong something with something wrong with you. With me? <laughs> Well, you know, we don't consider you exactly not part of the strange party we've been having. I'm the leader. I, I brought all the refreshments. <laughs> and you're going to eat them. Yeah. Okay, let's get on to something happy. Um, I was watching the show. I watched Scorpion. I don't know if anybody watches this thing. I'm probably the only guy person in America. I missed it last night. You, oh, you have seen it. 
Yeah, well, yeah, I like it. I it's like not, it a lot. Not, it's, not a bad it's, show. It's 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 all right. It's I'll a little t- over the top, but it's it's okay. I'll, I'll tell you what my favorite show is, and it keeps getting better and better. Is forever. Have you seen this thing? This is about the guy who who can't die, uh, and he he works. It it it's kind of it's he's kind of Sherlock Holmes is what he is. Uh, but he he uh, every time he gets killed, he wi- he winds up uh, waking up uh, naked in the uh, in the East River, and and uh, um, he, uh, he 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 he's been alive for I don't know two three hundred years something like that, and he's got a son played by Judd Hirsch who's much younger older than he is, uh, and uh, he uh, it it. It's just a great, uh, it's a great detective show, and it's got a great storyline, and it, it's really very well done, and I highly recommend it. Is it is it new this season, or is it? Yeah, it's uh, on ABC. Season? First season, it's called Forever. First season. Yeah, okay. but anyway, so um, um, I'm watching the Scorpion, and the and the guy walks in, and for his kid, he bought him. He said the original Erector set. Now, how many here had an Erector set when they were kids? Yeah, uh, of course. I I knew you had to, uh, 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 Mark. Uh, did you? Uh, do you? Uh, by the way, let me ask Kent. Kent, do you know what an erector set is? Yes. Oh, I okay. think I had part of one handed down from my older brother. So a part of one? What did he get? One girder or something? <laughs> no, just you know, not a complete set. Just a you know, a few of them. Well, Mostly I, re- I had the Tinker Toys. I, I remember and the Lincoln Logs. Erector set was my favorite. Of all of them, highly dangerous for kids because you could cut your fingers on the uh, on the on the girders and stuff. But you, well, it, it gave you character. This was metal, and you put it together with screws, and you could make things. And they also, I think, sometimes you could buy a motor, and you could add a motor to the thing, and have. And I love the Erector set. There was the the more wimpy toy, which they also gave me, called Tinker Toys. Do you remember Tinker Toys? They were these little round wooden knobs that had holes in them, and then you could stick sticks in them and make things. But Alex, around this time of year, Costco has some deal with the toy maker, mm-hmm. and they bring out a huge barrel of Tinker Toys. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's just weird to see this selling, and it's the I guess the nostalgia factor, something like that. But yeah, it's still popular. Really? But do you see erector sets anymore? Are they around? Yep. As a matter of fact, when I was in Barnes and Noble the other day, uh, I didn't realize they're selling interesting toys at Barnes and Nobles now. They're and there it was erector sets. I'm like, oh, hello. Uh, now have they changed? Have they changed? Does it look like they've changed in their nature? Well, or? Packaging, uh, but um, is it still the metal girders with oh, the yeah, screws it's still and that. the whole thing? Yeah. Yeah. It's still that, and um, you know, it's like wow, you know. You know what was great about them? I think if you gave them to kids too, they were the toy that you couldn't break. And let's say you lost a couple of screws, or you lost a couple of girders. It didn't matter; the thing still was usable. Um, I, 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 but I remember I loved my Erector set when I was a kid. Just loved it. Um, and um, and the Tinker Toys, I had those. I, it was okay, but I would rather play with the Erector set. Did you ever have a favorite toy when you were a kid, Mark? It was probably, you know, either the original Legos or Major Matt Mason. It comes back 
to those two. I never got into Legos. I don't know why. Well, they came, you know, uh, chance that my parents on a trip to Europe in the early 60s, they stumbled on it in London. Oh, that and Meccano, which was the original director set. Oh, now, uh, I've heard of Meccano. Meccano is what Gilbert was inspired by. Fancy word for ripoff. Yeah. So when they went over, my parents went on vacation, they brought me toys. Yeah. And they brought me this thing called Lego. They yeah. brought me Meccano. Yeah. And these die-cast cars called Dinky Cars, which were... You know, corgis, you know, these incredible die casts. And I just remember, you know, um, the instructions weren't even in English, you know. <laughs> They're in its native language, but you can figure, as a kid, you can figure out, you know, uh, oh boy, you can click all this stuff together. So. Yeah, Meccano, uh, uh, tell me what Meccano looked like. Because it's, 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 it's almost, they came in colors. You know how... Because there's this guy that does a show, uh, one of the guys from Top yes. Gear, does a show, yes. and he did one one week where he takes toys, but does large versions of them. James May's Toy J- Story, yes. yes. And I think they were doing Meccano one week. Yes, they made the bridge out of it. Yeah. The difference is, Meccano, you see... The best way I can describe it is erector sets, okay, you build replicas of things. Whereas Meccano, you build actual miniature real things. You know, it, 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 a lot of engineers, a lot of scientists in England, you know, and it's what, interesting because Arthur what, Clark, what, what, Stephen Hawking, yeah. they, they say, no, I had Meccano as a toy. <laughs> and that's what sparked their interest in science. Okay, first of all, what what uh, what format did the Meccano take? In other words, if I got a box, Meccano box. It's the box. same thing. If you had an Erector set, but it was much more geared to engineering. You had a lot of gears. You had a lot of pull, you know, oh, bands and pulleys and stuff. Also, it wasn't shiny metal. It was colored metal. It was green, yellow, and blue. Okay. And how, how, you were really meant to build things, bend the, th- you know, the, you know, yeah. bend it back. And I think it also came with an oil can too. Let me see, uh, Meccano. Well, how, so how, what was how, the how purpose that, how, of the colors? Were they just different sizes or different? Just yeah, I mean, it was to give it, to give it a look, you know. It, but um, what I found out was they came in number kits: number kit number one, number two. The number 10 was the ginormous set of parts. And the same thing, Rector sets had number sets also, had all kinds of things. But yeah. I have seen people make clocks with Meccano. Oh, it's M-E-C-C-A-N-O. Yeah, and now it's owned by the same, it's owned by a French company that also owns a Rector. Uh, yeah, the inventor was Frank Hornby mm-hmm. uh, in... Uh, it's, it was invented in 1901. That's an old goddamn yep. toy. Wait, an official website. There we go. Oh yeah, it looks like erector sets, but you can make cars. Uh, you can st- construct cars and uh, all kinds of stuff with it. Wow. Yeah, I can see how you know Stephen Hawking got his start with this. A kid who, uh, with that kind of mind would love this toy. Yeah, and it's like everyone that I've respected from England that was like really smart, they all say, 
Yeah, we had this as a kid. Okay, so my question is this. Meccano looks like one heck of a great toy, okay? And Erector Sets did okay in this country. Tinker Toys did okay in this country. Why did we never get Meccano? Because we had Erectors. I mean, they... I mean, they know. That's not true, Alex. They're Meccano... Had a New York office for a bit in. Uh, well, I mean, for a Brooklyn. bit, but uh, but it never it never became oh. like Erector oh. Set or anything like that. And yet, in England, McCann- Gilbert was a, a Gilbert who owned. Well, they also made. Uh, oh, that was my other favorite toy. They made a chemistry set. That's right. Yeah, Gilbert was a shrewd and good businessman. Y- yeah, I'm going to have to look him up and look at his history. It's A. C. Gilbert. Yep. Yeah, uh, and uh, uh, I think he was from Connecticut. God, the stuff I know. Oh, this is this is bad. <laughs> See, but he, you know, one of one of the you know, the guy was he really wanted science toys for kids. He wanted kids to learn. He wanted kids to have fun. Yeah, I think if you look up the if there's one one of the most notorious toys he came up with, and it was expensive for it was in the fifties. He had an atomic energy lab. What? And this sold for then in the 1950s for like 50 bucks. This was this was Gilbert? This was Gilbert, yeah. And, you know, don't forget, he also had American Flyer trains. Yes. Which were second to Lionel, you know. But still, you have to figure that's pretty damn good. Um, he had a but toy. Wait a minute, this atomic lab, though, did it have any nuclear material in it? Yes, it did, but very weak stuff. Uh, well, well, what do you mean, very weak stuff? Are there, <laughs> are there kids with thyroid cancer now as 70 year olds because of this toy? Only if you swallowed the source, which I don't think you would do. Well, if you're a kid. No, this is no, no. You, you have to, if you look up the Gilbert Atomic Energy Lab, yeah. you realize that, okay. If you got this, you were pretty smart. Because he, even now you look at it and you're like, holy crap, look at this. Okay, wait a minute. Gilbert Atomic Lab. Atomic a- Energy Lab. A.C. Gilbert So Atomic- what could you do with this Atomic Energy Lab? Could you... It was a cloud chamber. It was a cloud chamber, uh, which was, you know, even, even as a science experiment, that was pretty basic. And I think it had a um, radiation detector of some sort, but something that will very simply detect radiation. But it was expensive. I mean, it actually came with an alpha particle source. So it came with something that was irradi- was radiated. Mm-hmm. Okay, top five banned toys. <laughs> <laughs> the top five banned toys. Number one was the Atomic Energy Laboratory. <laughs> In 1951, A.C. Gilbert, inventor of the Erector Set, released the U-238 Atomic Energy Lab. Using real radioactive materials, one could witness mist trails created by particles of ionizing radiation. The set included four uranium-bearing ore samples and originally sold for $49.50. Back in the 50s, this is like, okay, this is a toy? Holy smokes, that's... Yeah. Number two is lawn darts. Oh, come on. Lawn darts were fun. A heavily weighted and solid metal, lawn darts can pierce whatever they strike. Lawn darts have been responsible for over 7,000 injuries. 
Oh. On December 19, 1988, the Consumer Product Safety Commission banned lawn darts from sale from the United States. Yo-Yo Water Balls is number three. <laughs> what is it? What? I've never even heard of that one. That's that's a punchline. Well, obviously, it was the Yo-Yo <laughs> Company. You know, Illinois, New Jersey, and New York have all banned the Yo-Yo Water Ball. The Yo-Yo Water Ball is made by fla- made of flammable diesel hydrocarb- hydrocarbons. The stretchy, sticky cord can wrap around a child's neck, causing strangulation. <laughs> oh, man. This is like that bit on, remember years ago on Saturday Night Live with the guy who made toys that would kill? Mainway, Mainway toys. Bag of glass. <laughs> no, number four on the list is the Battlestar Galactica <laughs> Missile Launcher. Oh, I that. Red missiles about one and four inch, uh, one and four, uh, one and a quarter inches long, created for the 1979 Battlestar Galactica toys, were just about the perfect size to lodge in a child's throat. Before the missile recall, Mattel added stickers to the toys, warning: "Do not put or fire red missiles into mouth or towards face." And uh, number five, Sky Dancers. Let me put on, uh, where are my other new glasses? The ones that are, I can read with at a distance. Oh, well, forget it. I can't find them anymore. Uh, let me see here. Where are we? Uh, Sky Dancers are, are a Barbie-inspired helicopter-like flying toy placed on a mechanical base. Once the cord is pulled, the Sky Dancer could twirl high into the sky. It sounds fine, doesn't it? The hard plastic Sky Dancer's propeller-like wings flew rapidly in unpredictable directions, hitting users and causing temporary blindness, <laughs> broken teeth, face lacerations, and one mild concussion. Galoob recalled most of the 9 million Sky Dancers in 2000. So there are some of just a few of the, the horrible toys that you could have gotten your kid. Um... But uh, the uh, let me see here. Let me see here. Uh, uh, the Atomic Energy Laboratory, and there is a picture of it. This is on Wikipedia, and it uh, yeah. It, it, I mean, look at that thing. That that that's like wow. That's definitely something from that era. Yeah. Uh, I well, you know what I love about it? I love the box and the artwork yeah. and the and the way it. Uh, if you got one that was like uh, uh, in original condition. It's probably worth a fortune. Yep. You know, it's really terrific. Um, right. well, I, you probably you, get a visit from the CIA, too. Yeah, right. you lost my picture for some reason. I went off. God, uh, how, about, uh, how about you, Scott, when you were a kid? Toys? What toys? What, what ones? What, what uh, inspired you or what, uh, what uh, did you gravitate towards? I, I knew you were going to ask me this, and I've been racking my brain trying to think back to the 60s and 70s, and I can't think of anything. We were, I was from a very large family, and we, we were not the most wealthy of families, so you, know, you kind of just kind of made up your yeah. own okay, things so, as you did. But, but still, I mean, there must have been some kind of toy that you know, fascinated you or grabbed you. No. Nah, I can't. I can't think of it right I, now. I, I, you know, just just you know, we played a lot of board games and imagine, you know, like Monopoly and Life and you know that kind of stuff. But no, no real, you okay. know, things that would have been uh, incentive to 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 like 
build your mind, you know, kind right, of thing. Right, right. You know, I think toys are very, what toys you buy your kids are important. Yeah. You know, we, we tend to go, today, you know, I don't know, are kids getting that that many toys of that sort? Because I was at a party the other night, and there was a kid, and he was like three years old, and what was he playing with? Games on an iPad. Oh, yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, how much learning, how much impetus is he going to get from, you know, from that? Uh, toys should be simple stuff. I mean, the great thing about the Erector set, all analog, you know, the most analog kind of toy you can imagine. How about you, Cat? Toys when you were a kid? Uh, no toys. Well, I had part of a slinky, but I straightened it. Oh, come on. No, I'm just <laughs> no uh, probably mostly uh, my Star Wars toys, my figures. Yeah, well, I, ne- I, never had a, I, ne- I never had a Twinkie, that li- uh, a Slinky that lived. <laughs> you know, because what? After you got them after about two days, they were this massive ball of like uh, 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 fused metal. Yeah, you had to stretch it as far as it would go, didn't you? Uh, but, uh, no, I didn't do that. I tried to keep it from getting all tangled up but in a couple of days. So finally they started making them out of plastic, and those didn't tangle up. But, I mean, I never had a slinky that was good for more than two or three days before it just you know, got all garbled up and... You know, you could. Then you try to undo the garble, and it was it was impossible. Just made it worse, huh? It, it just made it, it, it just made it worse. Yeah, yeah. What a frustrating little toy that was. Um, now I did have a Tonka truck that lasted forever because it was metal. It was actual metal, not this plastic crap that they have oh, these days. Oh, really? So what's wrong with kids? They have plastic everything. They you don't know, want to hurt themselves. You know what I saw on, uh, uh, oh yeah, Nerf, they've, they've child-proofed the world and taken away the magic of potential death. Uh, uh, you know, like, you know what you don't give your kids anymore? Toy guns. You know. Yeah. I mean, if, maybe uh, water like bright soaker. orange. Huh? They're, if you do, they're bright orange. They're, they're bright orange, so kids will think they're a toy. Uh, yeah, but anyway, so I, um, uh, no, but what I was thinking of was, uh, uh, uh that, that uh, these, these simple toys really, to me, just activated the mind or irradiated the child as is in the case of the atomic energy lab. How did I miss that one when I was growing up? Because it's so bloody expensive. That's why Alex. it was at forty nine fifty back, I guess back then that was Pretty expensive for a toy. It's probably a week's work anyway. Yeah, because I mean, my parents bought me a chemistry set, you know. And I wonder if one of these toys are still out there intact. Oh, I'm sure somebody's. You know, I would not put it past the. I'm sure. For all we know, there could be a warehouse of these things still somewhere. You know, that's scary. Well, it, it, the question is, were they banned before they took them off the market? In other words, did they just decide not to make any more? Or did they uh, just uh, say, hey, you know, I'm sorry, we can't have U-238 uh, in the hands of, uh, of children. Um, in fact, 238, 237 was what they were using on the heads of, uh, of armaments, weren't they, in the, in the Gulf War? Uh, because they, they were the only, the only metals strong enough to be able to pierce uh, armor. Uh, and uh, it turned out, of course, that it then also gave off with some dust and that may be what gulf war syndrome is so in a, this is gulf war syndrome in a box for crying out loud for 49.50 
Well, I love toys that were potentially could kill you. That was wonderful. And when I think of all the t- all, all the things we played with when I was a kid. I had a Hopalong Cassidy holster set that I won, uh, and it was a two gun, two guns, you know, with caps in them uh, that were great unless it rained. And then they just didn't do anything. Then you had to go out and buy more caps. But they don't have cap guns anymore. They don't have any of that stuff. No. There no. is a store in Texas that wasn't too far from where I lived that they would sell those those kind of guns. It was specifically for that. And I was surprised that it was still around. Really? Well, yeah, yeah they but- sold all kinds of different the cap guns. You know, some of them were the little, little round plasticky ones, but most of them were the strips. You know, the red strips of paper. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but uh, did you, Mark? Did you have a uh, did you have a uh, toy gun at all? I I know I did, and but I I remember I remember loading it. Yeah, you know, and it made a bang. I mean, it it was not a it wasn't a lot of it was a made a loud bang. Well, that's what you liked about it. It goes yeah. bang, you know, you uh, know, and oh, as a kid, there were so many variations of toy rifles. That were just um, you, 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 bazookas, you know, all, all kinds of terror, you know. Yeah. Well, here's here's what here's 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 what I'm thinking. They didn't want kids to have guns, toy guns, because they might grow up to be serial killers, right? They uh, don't want you to watch violent movies. Uh, they, don't, you know, a whole list of things. And I'm thinking about the way I grew up. I had toy guns. Okay, the ones with the caps in them that went bang. All right. Uh, I used to go to the Saturday movies where the uh, 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 the um, um, cowboys fought the Indians and shot each other dead with no violence involved. You know, those were the days where they shot somebody and there was no blood. You know, so you never saw the actual outcome of it. So I had the you can shoot somebody and it doesn't look ugly school of, of violence, all right? I had all these things as my influences and I'm the most nonviolent person in the world. So do any of these things affect kids? Or do they look upon them in the most innocent possible way that it's all play and the thing up on the screen is fake? You know, how about how about you Scott? Do you do you have toy guns maybe? Yes, yes, uh, you did remind me of a I don't know if it was my gun or my brother's gun or whatever, but we had a BB gun. You know, you oh, know shoot oh, your eye out, oh, BB gun type of thing. Yeah. yeah. So, so that was always fun. I mean, I remember we we had a out farm. I was originally I'm from Iowa, so I moved to Texas later on. But but out the farm we had a tree stump with had a hornet's nest in it, and I used to sit out there for hours and just shoot into that thing and watch a hornet fall down <laughs> out of the hornet's nest and whatever. And they but, never came after you. Well, no, I was far enough away. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hide behind the propane. Tank, I don't even. Know? Do they make BB guns anymore? BB guns? Oh, yeah. yeah, they oh, do. Yeah. They still make them. Sure. Let me. And then now they make them with the the CO two cartridges, so you can shoot further and faster. <laughs> really? Because oh, yeah. I would have thought they would have taken those off the market too, in their child proofing of the world. The, probably some of the NRA effect. Because people did put their eyes out with those things. Oh, I shot my brother with it, so. Yeah. Yeah, and it was stung, right? 
Well, yeah, I shot him in the leg. You know, I was pretty good with it. I mean, they didn't have to go <laughs> to take him to the hospital and have it uh, nah, nah, retrieved nah, from got, his leg or anything. I just, I just got uh, reprimanded by my father. Well, for I remember it, the most severely. The most famous, uh, uh, the fa- famous one that I remember was the one that they then now talk about in uh, Christmas Story, which was the yeah. Red Rider, Daisy Red Rider. Oh yeah, BB rifle. Yeah. Uh, I still see those in stores. They're still in stores. Yeah, I've seen them. Let me see here. I mean, I'm, let me. I, I. You know what I love? I just love uh, uh, Google. The Google. Uh, Google. I just love it. Uh, um, uh, Red Rider rifle. Uh, Nobody even remembers who Red Rider was anymore, right? You don't know Red Rider, do you, Cat? No, I can't say I do. Just I always I always go to Cat because he's the youngest one here. Let's see here. Daisy Outdoor Product. Uh, Daisy, no. Daisy Red Rider Edition BB Gun. 50, 70th Anniversary BB Gun. Son of a gun. You can you can get it at Pyramid Air. Uh, let me see here. If I go to um, Amazon, how about BB Guns? BB. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. That's not where I want to be. BB Guns. BB Guns. There we go. Uh, no, there's a Christmas story. That's <laughs> what comes <laughs> out. Uh, BB guns. Oh, TVs and movies. Let me just go up here to uh, all departments. I think, yeah. I think the biggest thing they have with the guns now oh, are the are. guns that shoot the plastic pellets. Oh, yeah. Uh, and people are going out playing games with that, kind of like the paintball guns. Yeah. Only you know, with the little plastic pellets and well, they go we, and shoot each have, other. We have here the Crossman Ready to Play Airsoft Kit. Uh, with the uh, the Daisy Outdoor Products Red Rider gun, black and brown. I get. What does it shoot? Let me see here. What does it shoot? Does it shoot? Uh, uh, uh shoots up to three hundred fifty feet per second. Six hundred fifty shot capacity recommended for ages ten and older. Um, and uh, it. Uh, yeah, but I, but I can't. It does. What does it use? It doesn't say what it uses. Huh, son of a bitch. Well, anyway, it's um, it, it, they still make the Daisy, the Red Rider Daisy rifle, and it's in its 70th anniversary. So some of these toys are pretty old stuff, you know, pretty old school, which is nice. Um, and uh, 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 did I ask you, Cat, what toy you had? I guess you didn't uh, have one, or did you? Yeah, just Star, just Star Wars just, toys, just Star things Wars like toys. that. Yeah, model kits. I made a lot of uh, model kits back in in the day. Then, you know, I yeah, I think I did make a Millennium Falcon. We talked about that the other day. Well, I remember. Now you see, this is how old I am. I remember when model kits were all balsa wood, and you had to kind of. It, it took forever to assemble. I mean, anybody who could assemble one of these things, and then you put a paper outside to. Do the do the fuselage and stuff, and um, you used to have to use exacto knives to cut out the, the 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 parts to make the balsa wood airplane. And then all of a sudden, one day they went to plastic, and you just stuck plastic pieces together and glued them, and that took all the real joy and fun out of that, of the creativity, because the creativity was already done ahead of time for you. All you had to do was stick things together. Well, there were also the uh, the snap together ones, which I really didn't like. Those were really cheap. The what? But I did like the ones with the glue. Wow. Yeah. They, yeah. You know, they had a lot more parts. They were more intricate. Y- yeah. 
But, you know, I mean, people got used to the plastic ones, and from then on, it was plastic. I think we lost Mark. Uh, he, uh, I think his signal got uh, flummoxed up. So let me get rid of him here, and maybe he'll call back so we can have a big finale here, because the show's almost over anyway. Uh, let me see here. Where is... Uh, there he goes. Let me see if I could actually call him. Well, add to call. Let me see if we can... Oh, there he goes. There he is. All right. Hello, Mark. You back again? Yeah. 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 Uh, any last words on toys at all? or on? Uh, I, I think the thing is that I, I would love to see them bring back more toys that inspire kids to create. Um, and that doesn't mean they aren't good toys. And it doesn't mean they don't have to have a mean edge to them or whatever, you know. Um, um the little disod torture kit. I don't care. Come up with something <laughs> where kids get to create, and it's kind of there is an. Let them know there's an analog world out there too, that everything isn't just sticking your finger on an iPad, or um, you know playing a video game. That there's a lot of stuff you can do and have a good time with. So, I guess I, I guess I sound like an old fart, right, in saying that. It's all right. I mean, I. Well, oh, you're an old fart before your time, cat. I know. <laughs> Damn kids. Anyway, thanks, Mark. I've been, uh, enjoyed talking with you. Of course, Scott, always nice to talk to you. And, uh, and of course, that fracking cat, better known as Kitty Bob, better known as Mr. Cat, better known as uh, Pussy Galore. I don't know. You've got all kinds <laughs> Bitchy of Bitchy cat. Bitchy cat, whatever. Hey, thanks to everybody. We'll see you next time. Okay, uh, and uh, we'll see you all again tonight at one o'clock in the uh, one o'clock at ten o'clock tonight with the uh, with uh, our little program that we like to call uh, the Ramble. Uh, and uh, Jim Browning will be on at uh, nine thirty, and uh, Miranda's on at midnight tonight. So that's a uh, just a whole scads of people having a good time, uh, hooping and hollering and taking names. In the meantime, Alex Bennett, take care of yourself. You hear? And in the meantime, if you see her, tell her I love her, okay? Okay.